everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we have a great topic today, which is um, a pastor is disobeying God. Yeah. And um, and I got some questions I got to ask about that for us, you know, uh, why certain things happen to certain people in the Bible mm-hmm. that did certain things and then why in today we see people disobeying God all the time mm-hmm. and not really things happening to them. So how can we justify some of the things that are that are in the Bible mm-hmm. that say that will happen, but we're never looking now is not happening. So that's the topic uh, today, Dr. Dale. So to answer some of those questions, um, what is going on? Did, did, <laughs> did God check out or did Jesus take over and everything is straight? Well, you know, I won't say that that God, you know, checked out. You know, certainly, I, you know, there are people that say, you know, is is, 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 is the text that says, you know, is God slack concerning His promises? And of of course, He's not. You know, right. uh, he, He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Um, you know, there. I, I think what we do oftentimes is when we look at, you know. Why doesn't God punish people for disobedience? Um, we're kind of looking at not those who are his children, but we look at those who are not his children and say, why aren't they getting punished? I mean, that's really mm-hmm. kind of like what we're looking at. But if you, if you think about the Old Testament, for example, um, what about the people who were not under God's care? You know, did they get a lot of punishment? And was it quick? Was it swift? You know, this kind of thing. And in fact, it was not. You know, those who were not on his punish his his jurisdiction, um, they didn't receive swift punishment. In fact, those under his care didn't receive swift punishment. What they received was swift correction. The difference between correction and punishment. Okay. You know, for example, if you see a child walking toward a ditch. If you're going to reach out and grab him by the arm and snatch him back, you're not punishing him, even though they may even perceive it that way, because why did you grab me so hard? But really what you did was you corrected them so they wouldn't fall in the ditch, right? And I guess a great example of, of, of God slow to anger, uh, which is what the Bible says, is consider how long it took for God to, to tell Noah, I'm going to destroy the earth by, you know, with water. I mean, that many, many years had gone by. Mm-hmm. Um, since uh, the initial creation of man. And and it took that long for him to say, I am so sick and tired of you guys. That right. might cause this great flood. And if you look at the Babylonian Empire, for example, um, look how long the Babylonian Empire flourished before, you know, they were overcome by the Syrian Empire. So, um, you know, it, 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 it wasn't like it was an immediate thing. Now, you know, so does he do the same thing now? Well, hey, there are a lot of empires now that are not under his jurisdiction that are in the same place. And then there are a lot of people that belong to God that he does correct. And, and you know, I think that's the thing. We have to distinguish between correction and punishment. Okay. And so the, another question I have is when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, did it slowed down some of the punishment or alleviate the punishment or correction or is it like as long as you recognize you did something wrong everything is straight well you know I would say this grace is always and that's what we look at right under Christ we say you know the the um, grace was implemented right mm-hmm. well we were grace was there before law was there you know if you consider the Bible right 
what law did Adam and Eve go come under? You know, that, that, what law did um, Noah come under, for example? Well, you know, there was no law for them to deal with. So they, or Abraham, what was the law? There was none. So they really were under the dispensation of, uh, you know, some say the dispensation of innocence, but innocence is just really grace. Is that what I'm allow you, allowing you to make mistakes? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that, that's really what grace is too, right? I'm allowing you to make mistakes. So grace has always been a part of um, God's um, overarching plan for his people. It's just how was it implemented? So now, now that we have Jesus, does grace mean that we do not suffer for our, um, our, our wrongdoings? Well, I would have to say, yes, we do. You know, I mean, is it global or is it individual? Mm-hmm. You see, difference in the Old Testament, primarily the New Testament, is when you look at the retribution, it was to the nation. It was to Israel as a nation. Mm-hmm. Under, under Jesus it's individualized. I mean, I personally can't think of a whole lot of things I have done wrong since I got saved where I didn't get corrected for, you know, where I didn't feel the pain. Because think about why we get punished. We don't get punished because it's just, you know, God wants to hurt us. You know, it's not like I just want to harm you. It is I want to correct you, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, just like a parent spanking a child, it's so, you know, I can correct you. And, and, and let's say uh, there are very few, I, well, I don't know of any Christians that can say, I've been continuously sinning against God without anything happening in my life that let me know that that's not what God wanted. You know, <clears throat> for example, let's say someone is having an adulterous affair, right? right? Um, well, someone, people may say, well, I know a lot of sinners that have girlfriends, so ever and ever nothing goes wrong. Let me tell you, you can't have an adulterous affair and nothing go wrong. Right. Okay, it's just impossible. Right. You're not happy, because if you were happy, you wouldn't be in the adulterous affair. Right. right? It's not like you're going to be in the affair because your marriage is going great, you know. And the more you're outside of it, after a while, even the affair gets crazy. For example, look at how many TV shows come up and, and talk about um, children where they're doubting who the child is, return right. to court, all these kind of things. What does most of that stem from? You had a, you had a, a, an affair, mm-hmm. right, out of wedlock. Right. I'm not saying that the child itself is a curse, but I'm saying, let's face it, uh, to be a parent of a child that you don't want to spend um, child support money for, or to be a single parent, they have to deal with a child by yourself, that's not the most pleasant thing. Right. So the punishment is that I got to deal with, you know, what I the condition I place myself in, mm-hmm. you know, and that becomes the punishment, you know, just like that. Now, is the Lord, you know, striking folk dead every other day because of their stupidity? Yes, he still is. But we look at death as being, you know, that skies opening up and lightning flashing. <laughs> death has always been a natural phenomenon, right? Because right. before it was done by war, right? Well, war was a natural thing. Countries would overtake countries and folk would die. It was natural. Well, I, I would say this, uh, and there means some may disagree with me. I think the fact that we have the current president is in itself punishment by God. Because what about this president makes it easy 
on the Christian community. Oh, nothing. Right, zero. Right. I mean, it's nothing about him being in there makes it easy on the Christian community. So even think about all the evangelicals that promote and say, you know, we are the moral majority and we want to make sure that our leaders are moral and just and so forth and so on. And then they have the audacity to say, well, uh, we're not electing a pastor, we're electing a president. So he can be a liar. You know, he can be an <laughs> adulterer. Right. He can be all this stuff that in the past they wouldn't have put up with. Right. So now they put up with him and now they got to deal with him. And you get, you know, so that to me is the punishment. Just like in the past, we would get unjust, you know, in the Old Testament, they got unjust leaders. Mm-hmm. And having that unjust leader was their punishment because that unjust leader would put them in a position where they would end up in war, where they would end up, you know, being um, taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's happening now, if you think about it, you know, that those who, those who are saved and, 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 and those who understand how God operates, we're not necessarily benefiting from this man being in office. He, 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 you know, look at what's happening in our nation today. Look at all the mass shootings that are happening with our kids, right? Mm-hmm. Because people are refusing to do, do the right thing. Right. You know, so if you, if you think about all those kind of things, um, I would say that we are in a place where God is trying to tell us something's wrong with the way you guys think. You need to change your ways. And he is doing things for us to make a correction. We're just slow to make the correction. What if we had made the correction about AR-15s, you know, Mm -hmm. five years ago? We would have had this last mass shooting. Right. You know, so I think if you put it in that context, um, punishment still comes about. It just is not as horrific as we look at it as. And I'll give you another example. Think about when in in in, um, in 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 the Old Testament, when God rained down fire from heaven, let's say, right, mm-hmm. uh, for Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Did He destroy the whole world or just those two cities? Just those those two cities, right? Now think about the um, Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. Did He destroy the whole United States? Or just a couple of cities. Just a couple. See, just a couple of cities. So in the Old Testament, we saw that natural phenomenon, and we said that's God's retribution for a wicked city. What's more wicked than New Orleans? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Las Vegas. <laughs> right, right. right. But you know, I can tell you, having being experienced in both, I don't think Las Vegas. It may be now, but at the time. Uh, it wasn't more wicked than right. than than New Orleans, right? And so, you know, so who's to say that that wasn't God's hand saying, "I'm sick of this," right? I'm sick of what's going on. You know, look at how many hurricanes devastated places this past hurricane cycle. We had more than we've ever had before. Think about this. Look how many nor'easters have devastated the East Coast. You know, recently, normally you don't have this many nor'easters in the wintertime. Right. You know, but look how many we've had in the East Coast. So we're just not saying that's God's punishment. What we're saying is, oh, that's El Nino. Right. <laughs> you know, or we're saying that's global warming. You know, that brings me to another question is after the, the New Testament was written and it seems like the books was closed. Mm-hmm. 
why wasn't there any more books written? And why is there any books written today? Like you just got through saying, all this stuff is still stories that have that need to be told. Sure. But there's no quote unquote books written that we call the Bible. The, right. Right. See, a good question. And here's here's really what it boils down to. If you if you look at the Bible and and how it was brought together, look at the formulation of the Bible, right? You have one, you have the Old Testament and the New Testament, right? And, and in between the Old Testament and New Testament is a period of time of approximately 400 years. If you look at it from a secular standpoint, then we call it the Dark Ages, right? From history, we call mm-hmm. it the Dark Ages, right? That, that, that time. There were some books written during that time. They just weren't canonized or they, they weren't brought together in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible that we look at there were many more books written or things written that are not in the Bible that we consider to be the Bible. It's just what happened that there are a group of uh, 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 wise men got together and they made a decision to say which which of these things do we think are authentic word from God that we contained in this book. So if you look at the New Testament, what you have is you have, first of all, you have the gospel writers, right? Mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And those are individuals that wrote to give a, a biography of Christ, right? The rest of those are mere letters. They're not really um, historical in nature. They're letters, other than the book of Acts, they're letters where different um, uh, men that were commissioned by God, they wrote to deal with specific issues in a church. Mm-hmm. And so those letters were preserved, you know, so it'd be really kind of like preserving a sermon, you mm-hmm. know, to that particular body. Right. And and they, and they were saying, because those, you know, some were specific, some were general epistles, we call them, and because of the, the information contained in them and the fact that they were saved over this long period of time, it was determined by that group of people that these letters are special enough that that you know we could use this same information you know in today's time to continue on you know to to uh, deal with God's word. So, for example, the reason why you know um, the, the Book of Romans is called the Book of Romans is because that's a letter that Paul wrote to address the situations that was going on there. The reason why you know you have like Ephesians because the letter was wrote to the people at Ephesus to deal with it. When you have those books that are named after, like Timothy, it's because it was written to give that instruction to that individual about some things, you know. And so those things are germane to us today, and that's how they got in there. And so really all what you have is just that in today's climate, no one has come back again, you know, and said these are the things that need to be in, you know, to expand the Bible, let's say. Right. Because remember, um, the Bible was not put together uh, in Jesus' time. Right. You know, that's not when it was done. Right. And and immediately when those guys wrote the letters, that's not when they got in there. Mm-hmm. It was years later that someone's, you know, that a group of men sat down and said, these are the things that we think ought to be, I guess, the standard of operation for the church, meaning the people in the church. And so and so they put those books together because the Bible really is, as you know, it's not one book. It is 66 books, 39 in the old, 27 in the new, that come together on the, you know, the book or the Bible, right? And and so that that's why, you know, it's, it's not that God's people are not still getting God's word. It's just that the Holy Spirit recognizes the times have changed. Right. Right. So is there a need for us to continue 
to preserve a writing from God, mm-hmm. when we have other mechanisms for preserving the word from God. Back then, we didn't have internet. Back then, we didn't have television. Right. So that was the only means to preserve God's word. But you know, now we do. And that's why you don't have a, a, a continual addition to the Bible. But it doesn't mean that God isn't still speaking to people. Right. That, that, that was the, the, the follow-up question I had, which I, which I already know you don't have the answer to. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of unfair, but, you know, since this is a podcast, it's a discussion, we're going to go ahead and go with it. We'll assume I'm brilliant. So, um, why and then what? Why don't we have the Bible expanded or redone in current times? And, you know, and what would be, what in your opinion could go in there so what? How could we add to like instead of say for instance, like we have Old Testament, New Testament, and then called Current Testament, right? You know, no, I, I got to right. Okay, well, here's here's the thing: the Old Testament is a history, right? And it, mm-hmm. it is a history basically of uh, a, a a brief period of time when you think about it, because uh, you have the historical books. And then you have the, you know, the way it's broken down, you have a brief period of time that um, the, the Old Testament actually deals with. And then you have the, the writings of the prophets and, and how they were trying to lead the people during those times. So it's not like it covers all, you know, a huge number of years. Then you have the New Testament. When you think about the New Testament, it's, it's, it covers a very brief period of time. I mean, people don't kind of think of it that way, but it does. Because if you look at the Gospels, well, the Gospels really cover the life of Christ, mm-hmm. right? You, you're talking about 30, 33 years or so. So that's right. a brief period of time. Mm-hmm. It's a short period of time. Then you look at the Acts of the Apostles, which again covers a brief period of time. Mm-hmm. The rest of the letters are only writings to churches but in the lifetime of that generation of men. So, you know, if you suppose that those men lived, let's say, 50 years after Christ died, that's, that's you know, it's just like an argument. Let's say they lived 50 years after Christ died. Uh, and we'll even stretch it and say they lived 70 years after Christ died. That would mean that the New Testament would only cover a period of time of about what, a hundred years? Right. Which is really brief considering the whole history, right. you know, of, of, of what happened from, you know, uh, the, the, the birth of Christ, you know, to where we are in 2018. That's a, right. that's a whole lot of, that's not in there. So um, the reason why we don't do it that way is because the New Testament is composed of information that was directly from the mouth of Christ with the exception of one apostle, okay? Because those were first-hand accounts, you know. Um, John was a first-hand, you know, he, he's with Christ, so it's a first-hand right. account of right. what Christ told him. So what you get in in, 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 in in Matthew and Mark, what you're getting is those who were there to write about Christ. You know, none of us were there, so we can't really write about Christ, you know right. what I'm saying? So we don't have the history to write about him. 
and 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 of course Luke um, was not there. Uh, he was living that time period though, but he got it from you know uh, believed to have gotten it from other apostles and wrote his. You know, but he was there with when the apostles were going about doing their work. So the Acts, Luke, you know, he's there. You know, so he can get that firsthand knowledge. The letters are letters that the apostles wrote to very groups of people. Well, we're not, you know, we don't have that firsthand revelation. So anything that we would do would be secondhand. Right. And so the Bible is, is not secondhand material. The Bible is firsthand material. Right. And you don't want secondhand material because secondhand material takes you away from facts. Right. Or you start getting into opinions. Right. Now you start getting into opinions. And, and, and that's what you don't want. You want right. the facts, you know, as they would say, you know, just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. You know, all that stuff we don't Now, need. a person that is uh, Catholic mm-hmm. could say, well, you know, the Pope could write. Uh, you could write a book. Certainly could. Based yeah. on what they think. Right. Now, but... Well, but according to the Pope, the way the Catholics operate, that is a part of canon. Right. See, we don't look at it as canon, but they do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's why the Pope can put an edict out and as far as they're concerned, that's direct from God. The right. Pope is considered God's viceroy on earth. Right. Right. So when the Pope says you cannot use birth control pills, it's like it was another book in the Bible that says you cannot use birth control pills. You know, so that's that. That is how they view it. Right. We just don't because we don't view the Pope with those. I say we meaning Protestants. Right. You know, we don't view the Pope as you know uh, being uh, the only mouthpiece that God has, and right. so we haven't looked at it and said, well, uh, the Pope's edicts need to be canonized as a part of the Bible. But you're right. If you are Catholic, right, they look at that just like they look at any book in the Bible. Now, for lack of a better term, playing devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. If God did speak to the Pope or say our Cardinal mm-hmm. and he came up to you and said, God spoke to me and said X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. How would you take that? Well, uh, the Pope, a whole lot of folk that came up to me and said, <laughs> God spoke to me. <laughs> X, well, y, Z, Q, right? right. Here's the thing. The, the Bible says that we ought to try every spirit, right? So whether you be the Pope, whether you be another pastor, whether you be another individual, right? And yeah, try every spirit. The issue would be, do I believe that there's enough information contained in the current Bible to give me everything that is needed? Mm-hmm. Right? That's kind of like, that's the issue, right? So, and would God ever contradict what he already has put out? That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. So let's say you told me you got word from God. Your word from God either had to be in one or two forms. Remember, the Old Testament is a history book. That's what it is. You know, as you read it, right, it's right. a history of what happened. And so we have history books today. We just don't say this the Bible. Right. But it's still a history, you know. George Washington still crossed the Delaware, you know, we still had the Civil War. That's history, right? All all the Old Testament does is put a why to some things. So here is why this group of people were destroyed. You know, it wasn't just happenstance. It's because God directed it. Mm-hmm. This is why these folk, uh, uh, this mass exodus from Egypt, you know, the history books, you can go back and, and see that there was a mass exodus from Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. But the question is why? What made Pharaoh send all those folk away? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the archeologists can't, couldn't tell you why it happened. But the Bible tells us why it happened. Is right. that it happened because God, you know, through his divine, you know, providence, 
brought them out of Egypt. So the same thing is true today. We have the history, we just don't have the why. So you're right now, a prophet could come and tell me the why. A prophet could write a book about you know America and then tell me why slaves were freed. To mm-hmm. say God did for them the same thing He did for the Israelites, right. you know, and and, and and that would have been there. And unfortunately, no prophet that was alive at that time wrote a book to say why we were freed. Right, we gave credit to man. Right, right. Well, at least that we know of. Right, right. absolutely. Right, and so we haven't found anything that says that you know God spoke to Abraham, right. or, uh, and I mean Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> that God spoke to Abraham Lincoln, or God spoke to Ulysses S. Grant right. and said, "Thou shalt, you know, march your army, you know, in this direction, right. you know, this kind of thing." Right. Um, so that's what we don't have to to give us that um, uh, appreciation uh, for that. And so, you know, so if, but if someone came to me and, and said to me that God said X, Y, Z, I'm going to go to the word first and I'm going to say, wait, wait a minute, there's instruction by Jesus Christ as to what the church should be like or what I should be doing. Does what you're saying line up with the word or does what you say go contrary to the word? If you explain to me that the reason why I'm doing something and it lines up with the word, I'm going to accept it as God is coming from God because it lines up with the word. Mm-hmm. If you tell me something that's contrary to the word, I got to believe it comes from you, you know. Uh, and and, and have, do I think that there have been prophetic word that came to me that I believe was from God? You know, absolutely. You know, I believe God has spoken to people that have spoken, you know, to me. And, 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 and I believe that God has spoken to me, you know, as well. If I didn't, I wouldn't be serving as a pastor of, of a church, you right. know, um, because I can tell you, um, even though I know in today's climate, being a pastor for a lot of people is like a vocation. But being a pastor for me was not a vocation. I had a good career going, right. you know, and, and, and no way I saw myself in, in, in you know, serving as a pastor of a church. No way. First, furthest thing from my mind. Right. You know, my dream was to be a nightclub owner. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's something about we we ain't got enough time today, but I definitely gotta unpack that for another for another uh, episode. So you know, I definitely feel you on what you on what you're saying. I, but I will say that as reading the Bible, I see things that that I can see today was mm-hmm. happening. And then you know, going back to what you're saying about um, New Orleans, I feel like at some point he had to tell somebody. This is going to happen, mm-hmm. and and we've talked off air. It's like you know, if Jesus came back, I often say he'd probably be locked up in a mental institution because we don't trust anybody to come out and say something that bold, right? You know, so it would just be has people been has has been prophets has come out and it's been discredited by the masses of people because we're so connected now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. America has been warned by prophets. We just don't listen to them, just like in the Old Testament, they didn't always listen. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, think about this: Jeremiah Wright preached a sermon that he got condemned for, right? That the past pastor of um, of uh, President Obama, mm-hmm. and in that sermon, um, Jeremiah Wright said, "We say God bless America." He said, "God damn America for all the mess that America has done," right? So Jeremiah Wright was saying basically this, 
that we act like God is, just because we use that term, God bless America, mm-hmm. that God is going to bless all the mess that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was saying, no, that ain't true. That God is condemning all the mess that we do. But we don't want to accept that. You know, we are so nationalistic in our way of thinking. We don't want to accept that America can do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. Do we really think that God was pleased when these white folk came over here and decimated the Native Americans that lived on this continent? No, I don't think so. You know, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Do we really think that God was happy when, you know, we we um, um, lift people up who are morally deficient in their way of thinking? You know, do we really think that that makes God happy when we do that kind of stuff? And, and when people talk out against it, you know, you're right. We just push them to the side. Mm-hmm. And so look at all the people that have said, right, that this is the most corrupt, the most misogynistic, you know, the most vile president we've ever had. Look how many people have said that. Has America listened? No. And so perhaps that's why God is sending all these plagues of nor'easters and, and, and all these things and, and all those hurricanes. Think about after this man got elected, how many hurricanes hit, 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 hit the area. Right. And it was like boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Well, perhaps it was God saying, I don't like what you all have just condoned. I mm-hmm. don't like it. I don't like it. So if that be the case, you know, I mean, see, if it was Old Testament, we would immediately say, God don't like what we just did. Mm-hmm. We need to change up and get right. Or I'll take that back. Somebody would have said it. Because even the Old Testament folks still did what they were going to do. Right. Even though they were, you know, getting punished. Isn't that what we're doing? Mm-hmm. We're doing the same thing. We're acting like God should be pleased with us. Because if we are prospering on the one hand, we assume that God is happy. That's how they were in the Old Testament. See, they presumed it because they were prospering in the promised land that God was happy. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying, I'm not happy with you guys. I'm not happy with you all. I know you are prospering, and so you are equating your prosperity and thinking that means I'm happy with you, and I am not. And if you keep on doing this, I'm going to get, I'm going to punish you for it. We are thinking the same way. See, our thought process is, wow, the Dow is over 2,300. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everything, God must be happy. No, that doesn't mean God is happy. It doesn't mean not one bit. Look at the world wars that we've had. Look how many people have died in wars. Now, in the Old Testament time, we would note that what? God was upset, and that's why it happened. Now we act like, oh, it wasn't because God is upset with us. We act like it's because God is upset with somebody else. Right. But then why don't, why don't, why isn't there anybody out there saying that on a much louder platform? Um, that's an excellent question. Um, maybe it's because uh, I don't have television coverage yet. Did you hear that, people? We need to get old television coverage. But I mean, when you really sit and think about it, everything you said makes a lot of sense. And everything that you said, I have read it happen in, in the Bible. It's I'm just wondering why it's not happening. Like you can look, and it don't take a rocket scientist to look at TV. You got mass shootings. You got you got a situation in Chicago that basically nobody's like because it's not national news. People right. forget about it. Mm-hmm. You got the situation in Flint, Michigan, with the water. Like how long is the water going to be 
Um, right. And this is what's crazy about all this is if you got an area that people need jobs, right? And the water system is messed up, right? Right. So no you can kill two birds with one stone, pump some money in there, fix the infrastructure, and hire the people that's out of work. Right. Everybody's happy. Because you got to do it at some point anyway, right? It's, it's a no-brainer. Right. But, you know, everything you say, again, you know, it's because you've read the Bible that it makes so much sense. It's, but if you don't read the Bible, see, it doesn't click. And so, that, I mean, that's the thing. You know, we, we are at a point in our history, if you think about it, where you, we say we are a more religious com- country. We are not. How could a more religious country elect Donald Trump as the leader how could we act like that for our leader he doesn't have to have a background that suggests he has a good understanding of the God that we say we serve mm-hmm. how can we have on our money in God we trust right to, to, to exemplify that in this country we perceive that creator that you know the father of Abraham Isaac and Jacob as being the one that we are going to serve we may accept you worshiping someone else but as a country, we say that's what that's what we believe in. If that's the case, how can you have a leader who is totally derelict in an understanding of who God is in, in the way he lives his lifestyle? Mm-hmm. How can that be possible? Again, look at what God did in, in the Old Testament. They did at, at, at times select leaders that were not what God wanted. But that's when they went to went through wars. That's when they went through famine. That's when they went through all that stuff because of those kinds of leaders. Now, did the rich suffer during those times? No, it was always the poor right. that suffered, and it's and 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 the, and the middle, what we would call the middle class, that suffered the most. Until the only thing the rich did was just end up getting killed somehow, you know, right. either through war or they got sick and died, this kind of thing. Well, the same thing happens today. You know, and so we're in that same place, you know, and when we, you know, the, the, the irony of it is this, is that here's what the, the people, are, you know, said, we love God, we love the Lord. And yet, the, here's what they say, we, can, we cannot elect Hillary because she is a liar. You know, lying Hillary was a term, lying Hillary, lying Hillary as if Donald Trump was not lying himself. Hmm. And now they say, we don't care if he lies. Right. But then you care if Hillary lied. We, they don't care if he said that he gropes women's, you know, uh, 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 you know, private parts. Right. We don't care about that stuff. So, you know, we're in the same place that they were in when people were crying out. I mean, people are crying out. It's not like they're not. Most pastors are preaching sermons that cry out, that say, hey, listen, we need to, we need a change, that we need to care for those that can't care for themselves, that we need to, you know, put money in the schools, that we need to deal with those that are homeless. And, you know, most pastors are talking that kind of talk. The, the, and they always have. The prophets always did, you know, mm-hmm. but the prophets were not um, listened to by leaders. Actually, they weren't listened to by the large majority of the people. We just... We just read about them. So our concept is everybody was listening to them. Mm-hmm. But if everybody was listening to them, they wouldn't have did what they did. You know, right. you, know you, 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 you look at Jeremiah the prophet. 
and they don't call him the weeping prophet because everybody listened to him. <laughs> it's because right. of the opposite. You right. know, they didn't want to hear what he had to say. They listened to those prophets that told them everything's going to be all right. See, the ones that said everything's going to be all right, they elevated. Mm-hmm. And the ones that said everything's not going to be all right, they put them in stocks. They, 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 they threw them in, you know, uh, the whale. They, they put them to the side. And that's what happens now. You have some people that are saying everything's going to be all right. You think about the churches that are the biggest churches. And there are some that still preach the unadulterated gospel that are big. But think about the biggest churches. It's, it's, it's a everything's going to be all right, church. That's it. See, it's everything's going to be all right. And, and everything's coming up roses and blah, 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 blah. And that's what we will flock to. And they, they did the same thing back then, too. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, you know, the, the same thing. So, really, in a nutshell, it's our inability to face the, the real truth about what's going on with ourselves. And ultimately, from what I've seen so far in, in my journey of reading the Bible, that's basically the same thing. It's like sometimes they get it and they get it. Okay, everything is all going all good. You know, this is a fact like you, you go on a diet, you start losing 15, you lose 15 pounds. It's like, oh, shucks. I'm not. Then you got one cheat meal turning a cheat month. You know, <laughs> you end up back to right. where you was. Right. And God's like, look, fool, I told you, just keep on the same path. You straight. I gave you the answer. Just keep on going. And you're right. And that's it. So like you say, it's not that we aren't getting punished. It's that when we get the punishment, we don't equate it to God. Right. We equate it just, it just happened. You know, it just happened. So we try to explain it in other ways. We explain it with nature as if God does not control nature. Hmm. <laughs> you hit me with that one. So I passed in closing for this episode. What is quite possibly, and I already know the answer to this, what is the best way to, to not disobey God? To let the Holy Spirit be your guide. I mean, that's really the key. It's let the Holy Spirit be your guide. The reason why I say it is this. If I'm not going to disobey God, that means I need to appreciate the mind of God. And only I can, and I will never know everything is in God's mind. But the Holy Spirit can lead me. Now, Jesus said, and for those of people who are out there listening who will say, well, how will I know if the Holy Spirit is talking to me? Because a lot of people that don't always know. Here's what Jesus said. If you love your brother as yourself, you've done all you need to do. So if you live your life thinking that way, you know, it's what I'm doing exemplifying love for the person. Hmm. If, if, that, if, if you can honestly say that that's what I'm doing, then you've done what God tells you to do. Because the Bible says, for this cause, uh, that thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not bear false witness. And if you think about it, there's no commandment in the Bible that is not covered by love. Mm. It's just that simple. If you love your wife, more than you love yourself. <laughs> Let me say that. Because right. you can love your wife and commit adultery, but if because you love yourself more than you love your wife, right? But if you love your wife more than you love you, you won't commit adultery. If you you know if you love your neighbor more than you love you, then you won't bear false witness against your neighbor, right? If you love your child more than you love you, you won't provoke your child to anger, right? You know if you love your parents more than you love you, you will honor your father and your mother that your days will be long upon this earth to the Lord that God give you. You know, and so if you love other folk, like the Bible says. 
and you treat them that way, you will really be doing everything that God wants you to do because the Bible says this is the reason why the commandment was given anyway, just so you would have a, a looking glass to know how to love. Very well. Thank y'all so much for joining us. This is your C.B. Baker. Till next time.